Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this meeting. We thank you for all who are here with us tonight. And as many as are with us on our social platforms, watching us, being with us from all over the face of the world. We thank you, Lord, for your presence and the fact that, Lord, you give us a time like this by which we receive salvation, eternal life, and our blessings here on earth. We therefore come together to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be with us. Glorify your name in this evening's meeting. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all be seated. We are saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. We are saying thank you, Jesus. Now David was greatly distressed 
But the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. So David, so David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Bessel, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men, but 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Bessel. Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. And they gave him bread and he ate. And they gave him drink. They gave him and they let him drink water. Sorry. And they let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two classes of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For he had eaten no bread nor drank water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, To whom do you belong? And where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. <coughs> we made an invasion of the southern area of the Terethites in the territory which belongs to Judah and of the southern area of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, Can you take me down to this troop? So he said, Swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this troop. And when he had brought him down, there they were, spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing, because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight, until the evening of the next day, not a man of them escaped, except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So, David recovered all that Americans had take, carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Beloved, this story, this incident may be familiar to many of us, if not all of us. And it tells a story about suffering, a very serious situation that David and his men went through. 
Beloved, we are in the Easter season. We are in a time when we remember the suffering, the crucifixion or the death of our Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And these incidents form the foundation of the establishment of the church. The suffering, the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ are the basis of the church. And therefore, your salvation and my salvation. Jesus had to go through suffering. He was arrested. He was taken through extreme suffering to the point of death on the cross. The most painful, the most humiliating, and the most debasing of all death. But on the third day after he died, he rose again. The resurrection formed, therefore, the basis of Christianity, of our worship, and the hope that we have in Christ. That if he resurrected, then there is, the Bible says, there is the resurrection for you and for me. Just say amen. But Jesus went through suffering, leaving his glory in heaven, coming down as a man, in the form of a man, in the likeness of a man, as a servant. He went through suffering. And he endured the suffering willingly, without giving up, without any shadow of regret. He went through it knowing what, what was lying ahead, beyond the suffering, what was waiting for him, what was in store for him, the blessings for us, the blessings for the world, therefore he went through. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Acts 14, verse 22, Acts 14, 22, that we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Acts 14, verse 22, it is recorded, written here, that we as Christians must through many tribulations Many sufferings, many afflictions, many challenges, many difficulties enter the kingdom of God. And therefore, to the Christian or to the believer, suffering must not be seen as a new thing. In fact, it is part of our calling. It is part of our calling. And that's why, again, it's written in the book of Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Let's go to Psalm 34. Verses 17 to 20, Psalm 34, verses 17 to 20. Psalm 34, 17 to 20. If you dare say, Amen. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and deliver them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones 
not one of them is broken. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see, our righteousness and your righteousness come from God. By yourself, by myself, there's no way we can have any righteousness of our own. You cannot work out. You cannot earn. I cannot earn my righteousness. Our righteousness has been given to us by God through Jesus our Lord. Because of the sacrificial death of Christ on the cross, we have received the righteousness of God. And therefore, anyone who believes in Jesus, as many as believe in him and have received him genuinely, they have righteousness from God. They are considered to be righteous. And the Bible says that, the Bible says that many are the righteous, the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him from them all. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears. The righteous, the righteous, the righteous, the righteous. Say, I am the righteous. Say, I am righteous. The Bible has a lot of things to say about the righteous. And this Easter, as we go through these four or five days of remembrance of what our Lord has done for us, I want you to remember, I want you never to forget that when the Bible tells, refers to the righteous, you are the righteous. The Bible said that you cry out. Now, whenever you pray, the Lord hears. When you call unto God, he hears. And he delivers you out of all your troubles. Yes, you may have been going through troubles. We all have troubles. We all have problems. We all have afflictions. We are going through tribulations, one tribulation or the other. But these things are designed to strengthen you. These things must come to bring you closer to God. They are not meant to make you stop worshiping God, to become discouraged. They are not meant to make you cry and cry and cry, cry your way to hell. They are meant to make you encourage yourself, strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. Church, may you all strengthen yourselves, the Lord your God. Praise the Lord. And we read of David. David, who was to become the king of Israel, probably the greatest king of Israel. David, who had been anointed by Samuel. Samuel actually poured a horn of oil over the head of David in the midst of his brothers. Eight brothers. In the midst of them all, Samuel poured a horn of oil over David. And David therefore received the anointing. The anointing of God was upon David. In those days, the anointing was not on everyone because the Holy Spirit has not been given. The promise of the Father has not been poured out. Therefore, only the king, the priests, and the prophet had the anointing upon them. The rest of the Israelites, though they were the people of God, they were God's holy nation, they were operating under the law. They were doing everything according to their flesh. They were given a set of laws, a set of rules, 
by which they were to be saved if only they will, they will obey those laws. And obedience of those laws was all in the flesh. They did not have the Holy Spirit to help or to assist them. Church, may you all have the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And here was David with the anointing upon him. He has 600 men with him. And they lived in Ziklag, a city called Ziklag. They went out and came back to find out that their city had been burned with fire. The whole city of Ziklag had been burned down with fire. There was nothing left. Reduced to ashes. Reduced to ashes. All their possessions had been taken away by the invaders who were the Amalekites. They are taking their wives, taking their sons, taking their daughters, taking their gold, their silver, whatever they had have been taken away by the Amalekites. And they are gone. They are gone. And the Amalekites we are talking about, they were not a weak army. They were an invading, strong, fierce army. In fact, they attacked the Philistines and the Philistines couldn't resist them. After invading the Philistines, now they invaded Judah, the tribe of Judah. And no one could resist them because they were a mighty army. They were a fierce army. And they were very strong. Besides, there were many. There were multitudes. Multitudes of soldiers. Strange soldiers. Warlike soldiers. So, who would deliver David and his men possessions from the hand of the Amalekites? Who at all could face the Amalekites to recover what David and his men had lost? Beloved, we all have lost something. We have lost something that are dear to our hearts. Some things that have not come, in, have not come to you, some that you have not received, they are as good as lost. Maybe you have passed the age where others at that age receive some things. You have grown well past that age and there's no sign that you are ever going to get that blessing, that possession. No sign of even marriage. Not talk of your wife or husband. No sign of children when you're not being married. No sign of a job. It looks as if everything that makes life worthwhile has been stolen away from you and there's no way you are ever going to get it back. That is the plight, the situation, the hopelessness of many children of God. That does not mean that you're not a child of God. David and his men had all their goods planted. It didn't mean that the anointing was no longer on David. The anointing was very much on him. And yet, he went through this situation, this affliction, this hardship, this painful experience. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Christ died on the cross. Christ rose again so that you and I, you and I 
will recover all. And tell me, may you recover all. May you recover all. Clap your two hands for Jesus. The immediate thing they could do was weep. The Bible said, David, imagine men, 600 men, they lifted up their voices and wept. They cried until there was no more strength left in them to weep. And having cried and cried and cried and cried and cried, and there was nothing left to done, and their goods, their things were not coming back, having wept, having cried, having wailed, and their possessions were not going to come back. Now, they spoke of stoning David. They had to find somebody to blame. Somebody responsible for their affliction. Responsible for the loss of their wives, their sons and daughters. And the only person they can think of or they could think of was David himself. So they began to plot, plan 600 men to stone David. Stone him to death. Not just stone and wound him, but to stone him to death. Praise the Lord. Almost always, when we face extreme hardship, when we go through tribulations, afflictions, persecution, it is natural that if this condition persists, when this condition persists, and we look around, we look all over, beyond even the horizon, and there's no sign of redemption, there's no sign of restoration or recovery, then we may begin to blame the church. You may begin to blame the church. Maybe the church in which I am, God is not there. Or the power of God is not strong enough in that church. We begin to blame the church. We blame our pastors. We blame the general of Asia. And sometimes we even begin to blame God. Because we must find someone to put the blame on. We need to blame God. And for that reason, many are those who turn back. Many are those who put their hand to their hour. And they look back. But Jesus said, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back, is not fit for the kingdom of God. Whoever holds the oar or the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. But Jesus knew that there are things in life, in your life as a Christian, that may want to make you look back. Though you put your hand to the plow, there are situations that will come your way. There are things that will happen to you that will make you begin to look back. Therefore, Jesus gave us this advice. Give her this warning that whoever puts his hand to the plow, whoever wishes to enter the kingdom of God, whoever wishes to be his disciple and begin to look back is not fit, is not qualified for the kingdom of God. But church, may you all be qualified for the kingdom of God. Because we must, through many tribulations, enter into 
the kingdom of God. Check, clap your two hands for Jesus. The situation for David was hopeless. Hopeless situation. The prospects were gloomy. No prospects. And the people were discouraged. There was no hope of ever recovering their thing from the Amalekites. No way. You dare not. You cannot. Therefore, gloom. Everything looked dark, hopeless. And when that happens, discouragement sets in. Discouragement sets in. Especially when there are people around who are ready to stone you. There are those around you, friends, relatives, even parents. They may not pick up stones to stone you, but they may say some things that are even worse than they stoning you. They will discourage you. You have been going to church, being a Christian all this time. Look at your friends. Look at the colleagues. Look at your classmates. Even your junior siblings who don't go to church, who have not accepted Jesus. Look at them. Are they not better than you? Have they not overtaken you? In fact, they will stone you with their mouth. And your spirit will be grieved in you. Your spirit will be grieved in you. Consider Jesus when they arrested him. God himself, who had the power to do anything and everything. He had a power. And yet, he subjected himself to ridicule. He subjected himself to, 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 being, to being scourged, to being afflicted, to being, to being caned, cut, bled. Yet, Bible says, he opened not his mouth. He surrendered to their insults. They even spat on him and slapped him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. Yet he never opened his mouth. One word from him. And all those people who have fallen down dead. One word. And the fire, fire will have come down to consume them all. And yet, he opened not his mouth. He was obedient to the end. And the end in this life for him was death on the cross. And for that reason, because of that, God also raised him up and gave him a name that is above every other name. So that at the mention of that name, every knee Everywhere in heaven, on the earth, and even underneath the earth shall bow. Just say amen to that. Praise the Lord. This evening, I want you to consider carefully and to compare carefully your situation and David's hopeless situation. And then you will discover that your case doesn't come anywhere near what David and his men went through. It doesn't come anywhere near what David and his men suffered. At all. No way. 
Yes, they wept. It was painful. But after they have wept for a while, and they realized that the weeping was not going to restore what they had lost back to them, they had to do something. They had to do something. Then David remembered he had a Lord and a God who had anointed him through Samuel, the then greater prophet of Israel. And Samuel must have said, am I, and David must have said, sorry, am I not David? Have I not been anointed by Samuel? Didn't God send Samuel to Bethlehem? Was I not anointed amongst in the midst of my brethren? Am I not destined to be king of Israel? So, David encouraged himself. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Beloved, whatever we are going through, the Bible said that no affliction, no temptation, no trouble has ever come to you which is not known by man. There's nothing happening to you now which has never happened to anybody before. You are not the first and you will certainly not be the last. So, David encouraged himself. He strengthened himself in the Lord is God. Not in his own might, not in his own wisdom, not he devising his own means, but in the Lord is God. Remembering who he was, what Lord has said concerning him, what God had given to him, and by faith, armed with faith, by this knowledge, he did the right thing. Church, tonight, being an introductory night, because tomorrow night we're meeting, and so on and so forth, I just want to encourage you, to exhort you, to begin to strengthen yourself, encourage yourself in the Lord your God. Because otherwise, you cannot make it. You shall be discouraged. We are surrounded by people who are ready to stone you, so to speak. We are surrounded by people who, who will discourage you and make you give up. But when you give up, where do you go to? Giving up to go where? Jesus, at one time, asked his disciples, when people were leaving him, they were leaving Jesus because they found his teachings and the things were saying a bit difficult to believe or to accept. And they began to leave when he said that if we didn't eat his flesh and drink his blood, you have no life in you. They began to leave. Then he asked his apostles, disciples, are you also going to leave me? Then they asked and said, Lord, who else should we go to? Leaving you, where, who and where shall we go? Because you have the word of life. You alone and only you have the word of life. Beloved, it is only with God. It is only with Jesus. It is only in the church, the true church of God. Where the true word of God is preached. Where the power of God is evident to us all. Where there is life. Where there is life. Jesus said, no one can come to the Father 
except through him. Because he's the way, the truth, and the life. In fact, he is the resurrection. Therefore, leaving him, where will you go to? There are, especially in the time that we are, presently, currently, things are so difficult. And church is going to get worse and worse. But may God, may God bless you in the midst of all the difficulties. May God deliver you and establish you in the midst of all that. In the midst of that tribulation, may God deliver you and set you up on high. There's nowhere else to go. Because Jesus, only God, has the word of life. Look at David. Anointed. Someone had to travel from Shiloh all the way to Bethlehem to go and anoint him. And yet, he was going through the... And even when he became king, becoming king, he still went through problems. Jesus never promised that as a believer, everything shall be rosy for you. No, no, no. Jesus never said that when we come to him, it shall be just rosy, it shall be just joy, peace, and all that, nothing. But he said, he will never leave us. He will send another comforter, helper, to help and to comfort us. Yes, we are in the world. Being in the world means that we shall also experience some of the things that are in the world. But we are not of the world being that we are at the same time in the kingdom of God. Therefore, we stand to receive the blessings that are inherent in the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. So, let not your heart be discouraged. Let not your heart be discouraged. As children of God, as Christians, endure, persevere, look upon Christ. Let Christ be your example. It is not every day that is, is full of challenges. There are some days that you have blessings. Remember the days of blessings. And let the days of blessings be a source of encouragement, a source of strength for you in the days of tribulation. It shall not be long. It shall not be long. The night shall be over and the day will dawn. Just say amen to that.